this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I am so pumped today to have my friend with me, Tiffany. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. This is the highlight of my day. Oh, this is going to be such a fun conversation because... Yeah. Give it a few more seconds and you'll see that she has a lot of energy like I have a lot of energy. So it's yay overwhelmed and overload for some people. But for me, my heart is beyond happy. And I think it also will flow in later as you learn what she's not sorry for. So, but before we get into that, Tiffany, tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am super excited to be here because I am unapologetically bold and it's important for me to advocate for myself and for others. So I am the CEO of Suffer, which is an acronym for Cultivating the Evolution of Professional HR. Very passionate about that as well. Been in HR for coming up on 13 years. Uh, just launched my business and I help support small business, medium business, as they are growing, scaling with their infrastructures process and helping them build those awesome brands and cultures. Love it. And that's so true that that is needed right now. Like the culture side we're seeing is huge, but also just the aspect of HR in the human part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It really flows into this. So let's just go ahead and, and dive on in. The show's called Unapologetically Bold. What are you not sorry for? I'm not sorry for being too much for people. So you you segued nicely into that for us. And I say that because I'm a lot of energy. We are a lot of energy. That's why we clicked right away when we connected. But it's been just this, this journey of feeling like I've, I've had to be on a journey and come a long way because people are like, why are you so bubbly all the time? Why are you always smiling? Why are you so, everything you have to turn so positive? Nobody's that positive all the time. To the point that people thought that I was disingenuous. Mm -hmm. This is just how I am. Do I get tired and low on energy? Absolutely. But this is Tiffany all day and you either hate it or love it, but I love me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important part too. And I, it makes me wonder, because I know for me, there was a lot of times in my life that I didn't love myself. And so whenever I finally got to the point that it was, I do, and I care. And whenever I come with things with passion, it is, it is genuine, like it's meaningful. And that's the reason why I'm even more bolder about it, because, you know, there has been a lot of suck in my life that I wouldn't wish on a lot of people, but I can see the positive. So. Is there possibly a story or, or a time whenever you could say that you might not have been so bubbly or, or is this just been you your entire, entire life? 
I think, you know, not my entire life. I think, you know, like you, I've had some suck. There have mm-hmm. been times when I wasn't um, this bubbly because either I was going through some stuff at work in the workplace or, you know, maybe some friends let me down, maybe family let me down, or there was some, some adversity that I faced in the workplace. And so I've been through depression. I have done that. And so I'm a huge mental health advocate as well, because no, everybody is not going to be this perfect all the time. And perfect. I don't mean that I'm perfect. Let me, let me clarify <laughs> that. Um, nobody's going to be this positive all the time. Nobody can be perfect all the time is what my intent was there. But I, I have been through times where I was very, very sad. And do I still have those times now? Hello, I'm an entrepreneur. Like it, it's, that roller coaster gets bumpy. But I say that to let people know that you should celebrate yourself mm-hmm. and everything that you fully are. And if people can't accept that, that's their problem, not yours. And that's so beautiful and so powerful because, again, people that's listening to the show, you know that I always say I'm a, a mental health basket case and having gone through depression, anxiety and some of the other things that I've went through. That, yes, I'm extremely positive and it can seem very too much, but I know for me, it's my mental health as well. And so that turning, flipping the script, and it's also some people are like, well, you're overly positive and you're just trying to see rainbows and butterflies. And I try to come from the script that, no, it's not rainbows and butterflies. That's not what positive psychology is actually anything. It's not about that. It's about not letting that negativity own you. And so whenever you come in too much, especially into very negative worlds that want to stay dark (laughs) and it's, I'll say one of mine is lack of growth mindset though that like where people do not want to grow. They think it's, it's been this way. It's going to stay this way for the rest of their lives. Um, which is very like HR. (laughs) (laughs) It had to be like, we've had this policy since 1962. Nobody's questioned why it's still here, (laughs) but it's still here, y'all. So those are the things that have really like struggled with with some of the things that I do. So I would be interested to know some of the things that or times that you've came in and you've been perceived as too much. But after it's said and done, it's like people are like, thank you for this blessing. Like, thank you that you came in even whenever I felt stuck. Yeah, I think a lot of that happens even in HR. So I, I talk a lot about having these roles where people were like, oh boy, here comes another HR person because there was so much turnover. Like, what are you going to do for me that was different than the other person? Or they're not sold on you, right? They're, they don't know your brand. They haven't met you. And so there's that adversity, that uphill battle you have to fight and climb. But then, you know, or like, I don't know where I'm supposed to start. And well, you're still at the same place because you haven't accepted that person. You haven't bought into that seat at the table and given them a seat at the table and given them the opportunity. And because I am myself, my positive, shiny self, and sometimes the sunshine and rainbows, mm-hmm. it, I'm really able to build relationships with people and build my brand. And so I've had people who were like, good luck, like good luck cracking this code. You're not going to, you know, get through to us and nothing's going to change as a result of you now coming in. And I'm like, okay. Um, And I have had people years later still reaching out to me to tell me about their family vacations. The same people who were like, nope, you're not going to win us over. (laughs) And yes, I did. (laughs) And they're not stuck anymore. They're not Mm -hmm. stuck because they got out of their own way. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's, uh, it reminds me of a story. One, it helped me to realize that in this story that what I was doing was wrong. So it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, on the first part, I had somebody basically belittle me and tell me like, why are you still here? I thought you were the insurance. Like, you need to go. And I'm like, oh. okay, here's the caveat. Uh, many people know that I have cows. But how we were doing what we were doing was basically hurting people through, having them do their things, and sending them along their way. Like, we're, <laughs> we're prodding and poking and go. You know, we don't we don't love. We don't compassion. We don't. It was just, hey, do what we say and when we do it. I understand. So mm -hmm. one that that statement has really set with me for a long time and I still talk about it today just because it was a learning moment but the thing is is I didn't talk to that person for a year later and she mm -hmm. told me she goes, yeah I hated you <laughs> she goes, but I love you now and I'm like yay I did my job you know like and it's okay to be this shining light to be to be I always say to be a glow stick in some dark areas and so for the people that are glow sticks on dim, how can we um, give them a little more oomph, I guess, to, to want to, to turn it up a notch that it's okay to be you, a, be a human. Like it says in the beginning, at home, work and play, you're a human everywhere. And whenever you have to dim your light, I know for me, it took my energy. It literally yeah. takes so much energy for me to stay on dim because that's not naturally how I'm wired. Because for me, I feel like I've received too many blessings in this life to be dark. So talk about that for a minute. Yes, that, I love that. I'm celebrating that all day. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's who I am too at my core. And so when people expect you to be something different or they're saying like, this can't be how she is all the time, or this is some front she's putting up for work or for you know whatever this is. And People, you have to be yourself at all times. So I say own that with 100% confidence. And it's so important to do that because it does take energy to dim your light for other people. There's such a thing as balance. You should be glad that I bring all this fire with me because then you don't have to do it all. <laughs> I have enough for all of us. I think that you know, celebrate people for who they are. Let them bring themselves and stop being a hater. Like so many people, I had a coworker once, she was actually senior to me and she, I got promoted and she was very angry at me and wouldn't talk to me for like a month because I got promoted. So I bring my shine. I do what I do. We all want to own that. And she just, and because I was positive, she thought like I was, you know, over here saying whisperings in the, the boss's ear or something that I got her to do something because of who I am um, and because of something she thought I wasn't. And that's not the case. Um, just let people be themselves and be confident enough in yourself that you don't have to try to pull the light from other people. Mm, that's so powerful right there, especially pulling the light from other people because some people are not as bright as us and that's okay if they're if their lights on dim of course i do not if that's who they are unapologetically bold let them be that mm -hmm. but that makes me think of a, a similar situation and it also makes me wonder if there's more people that are like us that sometimes it's almost like a bully in there it's like you come in and you're you're so bright they're so used to like this dark and shade and you kind of like blind them at first and so that's the thing is like I will have to say, you, I don't just walk into rooms and say, hi, ah, you know, I do have to. I, I mean, I do. 
assess the room at times, you know, but, and, but still just so I don't blind them. Cause I know I can't, I can get there, but all that to say is having people that are not the same as us really to balance, like your point on balancing it out and team dynamic. So I want to talk about that for a minute and just in the HR world. Yeah specifically on having a balance of people that what I say is we are very, we may not be exactly like-minded, but we're very like-hearted. Our, mm-hmm. our values come through to, to, for embracing humanity, for giving the message of, of being bold and who we are mm-hmm. and not judging and being what I call is hot, humble, open, and transparent. We share that value. We may not share a lot of the, we probably do still share a lot of the mind aspect, but it's the heart part. So talk about that with HR and sometimes where you see slip ups happen with having people all be too much at one time. I think, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually was about to go there next when I heard you talking about this and being in HR, there's this whole space on diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, um, which didn't get kind of lumped in there before. But if we're really trying to create inclusive workplaces and we really want diversity that we just don't see on the Mm -hmm. outside, we have to be accepting of people and and where they are. And so I think, you know, when you bring that and you have to have a balance on your team, and if you're not celebrating that, that's a problem. That to me demonstrates that we need to maybe build out your leadership capabilities because Mm -hmm. who doesn't, who wants somebody that just everybody thinks the same. I was working with someone yesterday when this beautiful process happened where they were like, okay, you know, I have this person and they've been on the team this long and this person and this one brings this. And I'm like, well, what are you looking for now? Um, and it was it was beautiful to watch them just step through that. And they were, they were talking about diversity of thought and background, experience, education, all the things you should be versus focusing on just how does this person look? What gender are they? All of those things. So uh-huh. balance looks different. You can be balanced and have this melting pot of a team. That's how you build success. That's how you get your customer. Your customers want to see that representation too. Amen. 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 What I see too much with this, because I also see it in the wellness and also because I'm a female at times, or the check the box aspect of it. Yes. Quit checking a box because for me, one is it is because oh, I'm very competitive too. Like you can check the box and then I'm gonna like rock your socks and tell you show you how good me and my team are. Like it's always happened, so it's fun for me. Um, so yeah, so one for me is like ah, I'm allowing more women to come in because not to compare, but from the aspect that I I know where my strengths are and I know where my team's strengths are and we're we're badass at it. We're very very good at it. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna check a box, check a box with me. I'll be okay with it because then I want, because my goal in the end is to show you not to check boxes anymore. Yeah. But I wish it never had to happen that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I wish it didn't have to happen that way. I know it is now. And, and I believe, and I'm waiting for the shift. I see it coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But whenever you check a box just because of somebody's looks and you want to meet a diversity goal or whatever it is. And in my opinion, you're doing them a disservice because they're badasses and you're missing it out. Mm. You just want to check a box. I'm like, <laughs> oh. so 
being too much and being on that aspect of it, let, let's talk about that for a minute about, again, because I know you actually do a lot of work in diversity, inclusion and belonging aspect part two. How can we help leaders understand or help invite them to seeing that too much is actually something that's good? Yeah, I think one, they have to be, leadership has to be open to it and they have to understand that it's not just check a box. So if I challenge you um, on something, uh, that's, there's a reason for that. And so you have to celebrate that. You have to be okay with your team being different. Different is, is not necessarily objective. That different looks different per person. And so it means being able to be open, be aware, be reach across the organization or within your network to be able to include people, to be able to bring mm -hmm. other people around the seats at the table, to be able to, if you're not able to speak up for yourself or your team isn't, to, to be aware enough to know, one, be self-aware. And, and know what that looks like um, so that you know where your gaps are, but to be aware enough to know where your teens are so you can help bring them along the way. If somebody's getting talked over in a meeting or maybe they're not the most confident, you have to be able to fill in those spaces. That's what good leadership looks like. It's not about you. It's about your team and the organization. And I think that's so true. And that part that I find too is that unfortunately many leaders were never taught in the pre-phase of early leadership to love themselves so that they can love others, to lead themselves so that they can lead others, to even know themselves so that they can know others. So like we know our strengths. We know whenever you ask us, like you ask me to do IT, I'm going to screw it up every time. That's why I have amazing people that can fix it for me. You know, mm -hmm. but you asked me to come into a chaotic and we're going to talk about stress and do strategies around it. I'm your girl. You know, those are the things that, that matter so that then now I know myself well enough that I know my team. I know mm -hmm. that um, John on my team, most empathetic human being. Not only was he a part of the suicide hotlines and helping like you already know he has the ability for empathy, but to see it in action is like it's amazing. And where it's not putting it in situations that are very stressful, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> gold mine there, you know, those are the things as a leader that they weren't, that I see a lot of people missing out on. And I guess that's a, a big mission for me right now is to the self-care because I'm seeing such burnout, especially in all these different sectors. And so for us, we are probably way too much right now in the aspect of that what i've seen is when stress happens anything that may bring a sensitivity up let's just say what we went through this past month so wow. um past year um you know uh, all that how somebody like me coming in or you coming in it's like it's off-putting almost at times because yeah. they're so stressed out they cannot take another stimulus our responses are too much so how do you how do you help people understand one caring about themselves and then dealing with the stress so that humans can be humans? I'm so glad you brought that up too because 
I said before that I do walk in like, hi, I'm Tiffany. How are you? Let's get to know each other. That's just how I'm wired and relationships are so important to me. But you do have to temper that. I do know when to turn it off or I'm not going to walk into a room full of stress or, you know, I've had situations where an employee has died or there's been some workplace incident. In fact, at my own home, one of our workers uh, who was working on our home fell down the stairs face first the other day. So it's, oh boy, like, I'm not going to be like, hi, what's going on? What are you having for lunch today? So you have to, that's back to that self-awareness mm-hmm. and understanding what those social cues are to know when is the right time. And you can bring your empathy. I'm extremely empathetic too. You can bring that without all the sass and fire and, and bubbles that we sometimes bring. It, it is really back to that, that balance. Mm-hmm. Social cues. I love that you put brought that up because that's actually what I'm training my nine-year-old. I say training like a dog. I'm teaching my nine-year-old social cues because he's so intellectual. He is so smart that he wants everything to be a math equation. And so what I'm learning from him, because my daughter, she picks it up like nothing. And and also can see this in, in, in the work that I do. There's some people it's like, I'm keep training or I keep teaching this. I keep saying this, like facilitating. I feel like they got it. We still ain't got it. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about social cues not that it's a math equation but like you can see sometimes for me a smile a real smile versus a fake smile Mm -hmm. like those are some things like the gritting of the teeth if their cheekbones look like like that (laughs) we're gritting their teeth it's actually the trick that we learned in modeling so that your cheeks look higher and better but the, the, oh, <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing is, is that you're, you're gritting, you're, 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 you're bearing down because a lot of times I know for me, this is, this is what I do. I bite my tongue. So I literally don't say anything like that's mm. how much it wants to spew out of my mouth at time. And I literally like, if you see me do that, like if you see me hold myself like that, I'm, I'm counting mentally. So what are some mm. social issues that you know, or that you're aware of? that we might can teach people. Yeah, like- I, I think that there's definitely the clench jaw. I've seen that, you know, and I'm not trying to overplay this, but when we talk about being too much for people, I've been in rooms with men and you can see they're not bought into it or they're like waiting for their turn to talk. They're not actively listening. There's no empathy in the room and they're shutting it down. And I've watched the clenched jaw, like, are you going to be okay? You're about to pop a vein over here. Like, relax. Um, so there's that. Um, there's people who get nervous, right? But that's like a verbal thing where they just will start rambling on. Or I've seen people in interviews or um, interviews as a, a candidate for a role, as well as when I've had to do an investigation and I'm interviewing someone and literally watch sweat beam down. Like, that should tell you either we got a medical situation or they're very, very nervous. So again, back to like, you're not going to be like, oh, you know, all positive Susie Sunshine in that situation. You need to read the room, um, you know, the way people's body language is, the way they sit. So on that topic, one time I'm a thinker. So I sit in thinker's pose a lot. And I remember being at my in my office um, at one of my previous roles about five years ago and someone said, is it that serious? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm fine. And they're like, you look like, like they basically told me I had RBL. <laughs> I 
And I was like, this is my thinking face. I'm just thinking. Um, and it was like, well, you look so intense. You don't look welcoming. And like, that just hurt my heart, my HR heart and my, my Tiffany heart, because I'm like, why did you just assume that? But again, our body language, our facial expressions, tonality, all those things matter. And apparently I looked super intense. I was intense because I was reading something related to an investigation and I was thinking really hard. So he's like, well, maybe you should shut your door because people aren't going to be welcomed or they're, they're going to not want to approach you. And I was like, what? <laughs> I love that aspect because I'll say that it well two part there is the open door, door policy i talk a lot about especially because i've had that same a very similar situation whenever mm. i'm doing data claims and i have to look at all of them i ended up i've ended up now shutting my door off because one i don't want to be interrupted there's times where like if i'm that hardcore it's like oh no but i had somebody say are, are you okay emily like are you mad at me and i'm like like no like if you see, if you saw this data sheet, like you would understand why my face <laughs> looks the way that it does. <laughs> Whenever you have over 10,000 rows that you have to date and sort and do manipulate. Yes. <laughs> so I need intense focus. But yeah, I think that's very important too. And to bring it back to what you said about men, uh, men earlier, what I have found, and also I think it's really cool from a physiology aspect of it. And I learned it initially from my husband. So I'm a big hunter. And so whenever we go, and of course he is as well. So whenever we go hunting, like we walk to the stand and I was getting like the most in-depth conversations I've ever had in my life. Like, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to hunt again. We're going to hunt again. Like, I don't even care. Like, I mean, like we're going, like, but what That's I found awesome. is, if I'm across the, this table and just like sitting and look at him, like he shuts off. But what it is, is there is some research behind it that men, if you get them moving, if you get them doing things, they're more likely to have deeper conversations. Uh, if you ask any man, if their spouse is going to look at them in the eyes and just stare at them, like, have a conversation, it's like, oh, crap, I've done something. I'm in the doghouse. Am I outside tonight? Am I inside? Like, where is it going? And it, it automatically <laughs> stress and, and shuts us off. So I love that you talked about some of those, those body language and body cues, but also for us to know things that we can do. So you're amazing, Tiffany. I am beyond bullet <laughs> to know you. So I do have a two-part final question for this is people are apologizing for being too much. What would you invite them or advise them to quit apologizing for or why? I would say to quit apologizing for being you. We are uniquely ourselves, which makes us well positioned to be everything that we are. And so I would say step into your confidence and, and own that. Love yourself. We have to love ourselves before we can give love and even before we can receive it. And that's a lesson I had to learn a long time ago too. I've been burned a lot of times in love and life. So it's definitely something you need to just own. Walk into whatever that room is and own it. Amen. And for anybody that wants to reach out and connect with you, where can they find you at? Best place is on LinkedIn. I live there. <laughs> I'm my LinkedIn fam or squad, hashtag squad. That's our mm -hmm. thing. 
Um, I'm so supported by my community. I'm so fortunate. So definitely um, just Tiffany Castaño. You can reach me on my LinkedIn. That's the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody that listened in got something from this because I know I did. You're such a blessing, Tiffany. Likewise, Emily. (laughs) I'm so I'm so grateful for you and I'm grateful for all the listeners as well. I hope you all have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.